beautiful week this week and you're able to spend some quiet time reflecting on your relationship with Christ and also reflecting on your relationship with the other people in your life. Well, we have a special uh, Sunday coming up this Sunday and it's called uh, Gaudete Sunday. And the Sunday has a very special uh, meaning for many of us uh, Catholics and, and Christians in the world. So I'd like to jump right in and share uh, a little reflection on what makes this Sunday uh, really so special. Advent is a time in which we prepare for the coming of the Lord, His coming to us sacramentally at Christmas, His coming to us individually at the end of our lives, and His coming to us collectively at the end of time. And today, within the season of Advent, it is the third Sunday of Advent known as Gaudete Sunday. Gaudete is Latin for rejoice. It is a reminder that as Christians we are to be joyful people. The joyfulness seen in Catholics and in their relationship with others should be a witness to the world of the love of God and the transforming power of His grace to those who embrace Him. This radiating joy should inspire others to seek the source of such peace. Yet in our current culture for many, this joy seems to be lost. Why? I think for many it is due to the lack of establishing and maintaining a close relationship with Christ. And also for some, it is due to their inability to see Christ in those around them. What if we were told that the Christ whom we have heard so much about and whom we are waiting for is already here in our midst as one of us? What possible difference would that make? I recall a story that can help us understand this question a little better. A certain monastery discovered that it was going through a crisis. Some of the monks had left, there were no new candidates joining, and people were no longer coming for prayer and spiritual direction as they used to. A few monks that remained were becoming old, bitter, and depressed. Even the relationships between the monks were becoming stressed and unkind. The abbot had heard about a holy man, a hermit, living alone in the woods, and decided to consult him regarding their problem. The abbot told the hermit how the monastery had dwindled and diminished and now looked like a skeleton of what it used to be. Only seven old monks remained. The hermit told the abbot that he had a secret for him. He informed the abbot that one of the monks now living in his monastery was actually the Messiah but he was living in such a way that no one could recognize him. With this revelation, the abbot went back to the monastery, summoned the community meeting, and recounted what the holy hermit had told him. The aging monks looked at each other in unbelief, trying to discern who among them could be the Christ. Could it be Brother Mark, who prays all the time, but has a holier-than-now attitude? Could it be Brother Joseph, who was always willing to help, but who was always eating and drinking and can't fast. The abbot reminded them that the Messiah had adopted some bad habits as a way of camouflaging his real identity. This only made them more confused, and they could not make any headway figuring out who was the Christ amongst them. At the end of the meeting, what each of the monks knew for sure was that any of the monks, excluding himself, could be the Christ. From that day, the monks began to treat one another with greater respect and humility, knowing that the person they were speaking to could be the very Christ. 
They began to show more love for one another, their community life, and became more brotherly, and their prayers were more fervent. Slowly, people began to take notice of the new spirit in the monastery and began coming back for retreats and spiritual direction. Word began to spread, and before long, candidates began to show up at the monastery, and the monastery began to grow again in numbers as the monks grew in zeal and holiness. All this because a man of God drew their attention to the truth that Christ was living in their midst as one of them, actually that Christ was present in all of them. As Catholics, baptized and confirmed, we have the Spirit of Christ within us, and through the Holy Spirit we have the true body and blood of Christ physically united with our bodies. The source of all love and joy resides within each and every one of us. How can we not be joyful knowing this? But to rejoice, it also takes faith. Many of us are experiencing tough times, have lost jobs, are enduring hardships, have suffered personal losses, and have what appears to be insurmountable obstacles. And yet we are to shine as joyful witnesses. Almost seems impossible, doesn't it? Yet, this is where faith comes into play. Haven't we all heard the scripture that God will not give us more than we can handle, and that he will give us all that we really need in life? So hearing this, just how do we approach life when so much around us seems troubled? We are to have faith. Faith that everything in life, good and bad, has a purpose, and that purpose will be used to help us grow in virtue and holiness. Faith also directs our attitudes. I can recall from years ago the power that a mother had on her family at a time of trial when all seemed lost. One day the father of the family came home from work and announced that he lost all his money because his business partner tricked him and ran away with the company's funds. The likelihood of poverty seemed imminent and despair just around the corner. Yet that same evening the mother of the family went out, sold some of her expensive jewelry, and bought food for a family feast. People criticized her for reckless spending at the time when poverty was staring the family right in the face. But she told them, The time for joy was now, when we needed it the most, not next week, and that God would provide. Her courageous act and deep faith rallied the family and gave them the hope they needed to face the future with confidence and to trust that God was still in control. Do you believe that God is in control of your life? If so, what do we really have to fear? Even the severe hardships and trials have a purpose and are used by God for what really is important in life, our preparation for eternal life in heaven. We really do have much to be joyful about. As Catholics, we have gained access into a holy family and a relationship with God. We have been given this family here at church and in our community. We have been given the opportunity for everlasting life and the assurance that we are loved and will be eternally cared for. Let us look for and see the holiness in each other. Let us honor and respect each other knowing that Christ lives within all of us. Through our example, let us be that voice crying out in the desert and show the world the joy that radiates through us. 
Let our faith radiate the truth that no matter what trial, obstacle, or discomfort comes our way, we deeply know that Christ is present and that He will come again offering an eternal life of joy, love, and peace for all those who embrace Him. This is the source of our joy and our focus here today on Gaudete Sunday. Well, thank you for listening to that. Uh, That is really the message for this Sunday coming up. Uh, That was to be my homily that I was going to be sharing with uh, the parishioners at uh, St. Joseph's Parish. I'm not going to be able to be there this week because I'm still getting over uh, my COVID situation. But uh, at least you have the message there and maybe you can ponder it, maybe apply it to your life. So anyway... You take care of yourself. God bless you. Keep safe. Keep healthy. And uh, be a reflection of God to the world. God bless you.